0: As- Assalamu alaikum. peace be with you. Um, I'd like to really thank the Reynolds family for sponsoring this for, I think, 47 years, and especially to the 120 grad students who are here. Um, I actually dropped out of grad school in order to follow my heart, so I'm kind of vicariously living through, um, like my wife, who got her PhD, and my mother. So um, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to talk about just a little bit, share about my story of how I've been gotten involved in setting up girls' schools in Pakistan, Afghanistan. I, I can't give you the very academic, um, economic reasons for it, but I'll, I'll share with you a few ideas I have and also from listening to the people in um, Pakistan and Afghanistan. Oh, I got there's a clicker. That's for me. Uh, the book I wrote, Three Cups of Tea. What it means the uh, first cup you're a stranger second cup a friend and third cup you become family when I first sent the manuscript to the publisher of uh, penguin Viking in New York they said the titles great but we're going to pick the subtitle and they picked one man's mission to fight terrorism one school at a time and I was I was very opposed to that uh, finally I, I went to New York I saw Jurga, it's very intimidating uh, go to the publisher and I'm this little guy from Montana and, and I basically tried to eloquently state my case of why. Uh, I feel that education is promoting peace and not fighting terrorism. But they said, Greg, you need to realize that only 12% of nonfiction books make a profit, and two-thirds of all bestsellers are pre-chosen by the publisher. So you need to be fighting terrorism so we we can pitch the media. Well, having I, I grew up in in East Africa for 15 years, and I worked many years in in uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan. So I made a deal. You never settle a deal without driving hard bargain. I said, if the hardcover doesn't do well. I want the paperback subtitle changed to one man's mission to promote peace. So the hardcover came out in 2006 and it didn't do very well, it sold about 20,000 copies. They changed the subtitle to Promoting Peace for the paperback and it's been a New York Times bestseller ever since then, sold over two million copies. <laughs> Recently, the Pentagon... <laughs> and... And really what it is is, you know, fighting terrorism is based in fear, but promoting peace is based in hope. And I've had the great honor to go around America like as uh, uh, Khalid was talking about and and sharing with different groups of people about Afghanistan and Pakistan and about the hope that comes through education. The Pentagon, um, General Petraeus just read the book, and he sent me his eight main points of what he gleaned from the book. And basically the main point is about, it's the relationships are important. Three cups of tea. Um, the Pentagon bought 10,000 copies, they're using it for counterintelligence um, training. And I was at um, CENTCOM and I've been speaking with anti war activists in the Bay Area, but pretty much liberals and conservatives, but pretty much everybody. I think education is something that can bring people together, and especially girls' education. So I. Um, Uh, um, The opposite of Khalid, instead of coming to America, I actually went overseas when I was three months old. I grew up in Tanzania for 15 years. My father set up a hospital. My mother started some schools. It was a paradise, post-colonial, new democracy. I went to school with children from two dozen different countries. I got to uh, go into mosques and synagogues and temples and churches. And to me, that was the way the world was. Uh, When I finally came back to America, I was uh, 15 years old and my first day in high school. I got beat up because I told the kids I'm from Africa and that there was some confusion about that. (laughs) And you know, it was the first time in my life that I learned what the word racism meant. It was the first time I learned about prejudice. And because we were so poor, I actually joined the army so I could get the GI Bill, so I could get a university education. It was actually in the army where I met men and women from all across America and I realized this is a great country, not because of our commonality, but because of our great diversity. In Africa, There's a proverb I learned as a child. If you educate a boy, you educate an individual. But if you educate a girl, you educate a community. I had three sisters and my youngest sister suffered with severe epilepsy. Her name was Krista and in 92, she died from epilepsy. So in honor of that, I went to climb K2, the world's second highest mountain uh, to honor her memory. And this is uh, K2, the world's second highest mountain. We spent um, We didn't have a lot of money, I just, um, these are, uh, this is a French Legionnaires tent designed for the Algerian desert in the Sahara, and these are $50 two season family camping tents. Um, 12 climbers, the general in the middle, I won't tell you where he's from, but he left after a week because he said there's no alcohol in Pakistan. Um, So um, here we are working our way up the Chinese-Pakistan border. Um, This is our route up here. And finally, 78 days later, it was time to go home. I was weak, exhausted, emaciated. I, my two partners did some, but I didn't quite make it to the top. But most of all, I was disappointed, and I felt as if I'd failed because I hadn't honored my sister's memory. Um, that's one more thing that happened with Three Cups of Tea. The, the first chapter, and as you've heard about um, this week a little bit, I titled the first chapter, the first word in Three Cups of Tea is the word failure. And again, the publisher in Manhattan said, Greg, in America, you never start a book with the word failure, that's bound to fail. And they put a lot of pressure, but I insisted on that. I said, you got your fighting terrorism title. I want failure is the first word in the book. You know, we all fail in our lives and we all make mistakes. Um, I had a, when we came back to the States, um, went to Minnesota, we had a little Honda Civic. I turned 16, I went to take my driver's license test and I hit the, I was parallel parking and I, I totaled the family car. Um, in college, I played football. Uh, we won the NAI Division II National Championship, but we did lose one game, and that's, at the end of the game, I had to kick a 28-yard field goal. We were behind 16 by 17, and I kicked the ball. It was a really easy goal, and I missed the goal. And You know, we all make mistakes in our lives, and often we make mistakes um, with our aspirations. When I get to that moment, and when you get to that moment in your life, think of this very beautiful Persian proverb, when it is dark, you can see the stars or the star so I um, came back from K2 I was I stumbled into a village and the people there were very friendly and hospitable um, I noticed the kids sitting outside in the dirt and when a young girl named Chocho came up to me and said could you help us build a school in our village um, I made a promise that day and I said I promise I'll build a school for you now I grew up in Africa so I'd seen a lot of um, adject poverty and I'm also familiar with development, but it was really those kids' spirit that touched me. I didn't know what... I I came back to the States, I had no clue how to fundraise. See, I'm just a... I was a neurophysiology student and a dirtbag climber. So the first... I didn't even know how to use a computer. This is uh, 1993. So I went to the local library, looked up the name of 580 celebrities, and I hand-typed 580 letters. Dear Michael Jordan. Dear Sylvester Stallone. Dear Oprah. Um, I'm trying to build a school in Pakistan. Can you help out? Well, guess what happened? Nothing happened. (laughs) Then I sold my car. I sold my climbing gear. I sold all my books. I I had uh, several, I I was, I really loved books. So I had to, I sold every book I had. And I pretty much, and I started, I was living out of my car too. So then I started crashing at different people's houses. By the springtime, I'd only raised $2,400. And my mother, who was a principal in an elementary school, invited me to come and talk to the kids. Two days later, a young fifth grader named Jeffrey came up to me and said, "I have a piggy bank at home, and I'm going to help you raise money for that school." Well, I didn't think anything of it, and six weeks later they had raised 62,340 pennies. And when you think about <laughs> <laughs> And when you think about it, it wasn't celebrities and it wasn't movie stars, but it was children in their innocence and purity reaching out to children halfway around the world and they did it with pennies. So what can you buy with a penny in Kona? Probably even less than in the mainland, right? Um, but in Africa and Afghanistan and Pakistan, with a penny, you can buy a pencil. And it's not that a is so important, but what education does is it gives a child or a community hope. And so we have this program now called Pennies for Peace that's it's in about um, 1,600 schools, uh, 150,000 kids around America and also in, uh, globally. And it teaches kids about cultural awareness and that they can make a difference. You know, today in the world, one of, one of the main, you know, we have global warming, as you talked about, and CO2 emissions, and we have AIDS, and we have everything else. But I think one of the main problems as a non academician I think one of the main problems is there's too many people on the planet. And the number one way to reduce the, the population explosion is female literacy. Uh, many studies have shown that.